are your friends? Who do you speak to about love, life and everything else that entails? I'm Kirsty Fitzpatrick and I'm 20-something and this is my friend Jen Saderhelm. She's 40-something. Despite or maybe in fact of our 20-year age gap, we've come to seek each other out for advice and feedback. We're more connected than you think and that's why we've started this podcast, 2040 Celebrating Friendship Across Generations. 2040 Season 3, Episode 6, Pets. So... Like what we've been talking about in other episodes, I find that when I kind of harness on a topic I want to talk about with you, Kirsty, it's everywhere. And I mean, it's everywhere anyway when we're talking about pets because I live with them every day. But I have a 10 and a half year old Akita. Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows me, and we, even your people didn't see your face then, but anyone who knows me knows my Akita. And we had a episode about a couple of weeks ago where He's on all sorts of medications. He's having difficulty getting up and getting down because the Keaters are giant dogs. And he came into the house after being outside and he lay on his rug and he wouldn't stop shaking and I thought he was going to die. And I sat with him with my partner and I got really upset because I just wasn't ready. Mm. I wasn't ready to have this happen. And I've had a time to process it since then and I suppose get... You're never ready, but a bit more across it. But just that fear of being out with him and something happening because he's so big. Anyway, as a result, I've been really sensitive around other people's pets because I initially wasn't a big fan of this dog, Zeus, our dog, and he's grown on me and I can't now imagine not having him in my life. He's like a part of my life. And in the process of the last couple of weeks, I have made the acquaintance of a guy who I'm doing some work a work project with and actually we'd bonded in the first place because he has a great dane he has two great danes and one of his great danes passed away unexpectedly and he asked to have a break from our meetup because he he just wasn't coping Hmm. now he's like a cop he's one of the toughest strongest most practical people I've ever met in my life that's actually what I like about him anyway we met to have our business catch up a little bit later And he cried. And I've just, my heart broke because this person, like the dog is part of every facet of who they are and it links back to past relationships and all these other things. Anyway, so I want to talk about what pets mean to you because I don't think I mean we in the early days we talked about Rosie your bunny yes yes. (laughs) who's been a feature of our episodes when she used to knock over the mic and (laughs) bang on the floor and all this sort of stuff too and I (laughs) never really imagined myself to be like a pet person right like I, I had cats and they were nice and whatever but I'm now fully like having a house without animals in it is just beyond my comprehension Anyway, going back to where I stand on pets, I really resonate with people who are pet people now. Yeah, yeah. And big part of why I like people is based on how they interact with my dog of yeah, all things. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to know how – I know how you feel about Rosie, but what are pets to you? My partner once said to me, you like animals more than people. And one of the things that my partner said to me when we first met and that's really stayed throughout our whole relationship 
is every time we would be somewhere anywhere and we would walk past someone with a dog, I would like forget everything that we were talking about. And I was so focused on that dog. And I was like, oh, look, 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 look at the little puppy. And I would smile at it and wave at it and blow kisses to the dog walking past. And my partner's like, you have to be careful because people are going to think you're trying to hit on them. Like <laughs> People are going to be looking at these animals, looking at you, looking at their animals and be like, oh, she's keen on me. And <laughs> And I'm not even focused on the person. I'm too busy looking at the dog. And I will. A dog or or an animal will walk past me and I will, like, watch it and smile and, like, look at it as it walks away and turn around and probably bump into a pole or a wall or something (laughs) because I'm so focused on the animal. So I wouldn't say that I love pets more than people, but I do love pets a lot. And I sort of never grew up with animals until I was about 10. We never had pets. We never had guinea pigs. We never had bunnies. We never had cats. We never had anything. My sister was allergic to cats. I've since developed an allergy to most cats. And my dad never liked cats. There were we, had, we lived in a place for a while and there was a next door cat and it used to always come and sit in our back garden and fiddle around the back garden and things like that and jump on things. And so I think dad was always like, oh, these cats are so frustrating. It comes and sort of destroys the garden. And so I don't think mum and dad were ever cat fans. So that's why we never got cats. But then we got two puppies. We got two Border Collie cross Kelpies and they were sisters. And it was one of these situations where how or I don't remember. I was so young. I was probably 10 or 11. I don't remember why we decided to get dogs. But mum and dad said to us, we're going to go to the RSPCA and we are not buying dogs today. Do not get your hopes up. We're not going to buy any dogs. And lo and behold, we went to the RSPCA and we left with two puppies that day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or or they were were just born. So we left with them eight weeks later. But we bought them that day. That was it. They They were ours. And Maggie was the runt of the litter and Molly was like they were the same, all the same, born at the same time. But there were two girls left. And I think I think there were maybe three girls and a boy in a girl or two girls and a boy or something and we wanted girls and we wanted two and so we got the two girls and as I said Meg was the runt and yeah it was ever since then that was it like again I sort of couldn't imagine life without pets and when we moved to Canberra we didn't have a pet for about a year and a half and then my partner brought home a bunny and we've had her ever since and and it's it does. It changes your life when you have animals around and it's horrible when they're not around and it, ch- it changes in a bad way when they're not around anymore. Mm, I understand. Where I work now is dog friendly and mm. so I get lots and lots of really well-behaved dogs come in and I feel like I feel like the dog universe also is out there just to say you're going to be okay, yeah. which is one of the things I'm struggling with. But this woman has come in twice now with a puppy sausage miniature sausage dog is just the most divine thing and twice even though I've kind of tried to resist this gorgeous little thing she had to go out to the bathroom so she left the dog with me and I went in and this dog just leapt from its carrier and got up into my face and it was just (laughs) licking my face and I could just feel myself melting with this dog love. Like yeah. this dog was just, I swear it was saying, you're going to be all right. It's Aww. all right. There's always other dogs out there. And, oh, I just nearly had an absolute breakdown. And then a couple of days later, there was a lady who had a Australian Silky Terrier. And she had it sort of tied up where she was working. And it was in my direct eye line. And I acknowledged it. I went, hi. And this dog was like... I'm coming for you and I'm going to lavish you with love. I could see it like it just and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, we need to say hello. And then I got the most rapturous. So there's nothing like 
yeah. dog affection. Yeah. And I feel like I need to have this conversation now while Zeus is still alive as a recognition of just what dogs mean to me. Yeah. And you get a lot of joy out of other people's animals too. You know, I've got some friends who've got pets and I love being around them. I love seeing them. It makes me happy to be around their pets and they're also well behaved, but nothing will ever replace your Zeus you know Mm. the same as when my puppies passed away nothing will ever replace them and still to this day mum and dad have not got another dog and it's now not at the stage about replacing it's it's like anything you you have special memories and and you don't want them to somebody to come in and take them over kind of thing Mm. but whatever it is that happens your memories with Zeus will never go when he does and they they can't be replaced even if you get a new dog Mm. it's I think for a lot of people when they're younger too, it's the first death they ever deal with. Yeah. And I remember mum brought my – I had a budgerigar called Princess, as you do, and one day Princess died and mum brought Princess in on a like a napkin or a paper towel to show me. Oh. Like I understand now that she was doing it so that I could say goodbye, yeah. but I couldn't look at yeah. it. I couldn't. I couldn't look at her. I couldn't deal with it, process with it, and so I turned my head on it. And I remember distinctly, like very clearly this memory, I was probably only about 10. And then I got a cat called Calico, whom I loved. And Calico got hit by a car while I was living in Canada and mum called me to tell me that Calico had died. And mum, I felt very strongly that mum needed to tell me the story for herself too because Mm. she'd found Calico. But again, I just all I wanted to do was hang up the phone. I just didn't want to deal with it. And then in my own life, I had to deal with we got two cats for our kids and one of them unfortunately died. And I was there for that whole Mm. process. And I had to pick my older son up from school and I had to tell him and I was so upset. And it's really funny because his his first response to me, I said, because we're driving around for a bit. And I said, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to go to grandma's. Grandma's in Sydney, so we can't just go to grandma." And I just immediately went, I want to go to grandma's too because, yeah, you need mum to deal with these deaths of pets. And even being a grown adult, I still feel so horrible in that moment of when that poor little cat died. Mm. Anyway, but that's part of having pets. That's part of connecting with anything like that. But it's tough hmm. because I wish they lived as long and I wish they I were smarter I know. so that they didn't die in such so um, a – anyway. But, yeah, so if people have never had a pet, I just – I can't imagine that. Hmm. It's funny how you talk about not wanting to deal with it because we had a similar situation, our dog Meg – because they had Kelpie in them, they used to run rings around the car. Mm-hmm. So we had quite a long driveway and they used to run rings and rings and rings around it. And everybody who knew us, every friend, every family member, every neighbor, everyone knew that they did this. And we always just had to be really careful and it never deterred any of us driving. We would just watch and drive really slowly and we would always wait. Like when we got to the bottom of the driveway before we drove out onto the road and opened the gate and things, we would wait. We would see, right, she's gone around that wheel. Now we can drive because we will get through before she gets to the front of the car. 
And it was never like we, my sister and I learned to drive with the dogs. You know, it was never, never an issue. And one day I had some girlfriends over and we were driving out to go to a flip out, which is like a trampoline place Mm. in town. And my friend was driving and I was in the back seat and we just heard this thud and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and I leapt out of the car and I just ran to the house and like oh my god it was just the worst day Mm. it was just the worst day ever and I oh my god and it like I felt so horrible for my friend because I couldn't I just couldn't be there for her and she is a dog lover and oh my god it was just a disaster and of course mum and dad like dad rushed her to the vet and dad's always so strong like dads will never show that they're upset about anything or whatever but it was just the most horrific thing and and she passed away and there was nothing she she wasn't all hurt like there was she was just normal everything was fine everything was normal but it had obviously caused enough trauma to to have killed her and I couldn't and still to this day, I I have so much fear driving up and down that driveway. And they're not with us anymore, but it's just the most, like it never leaves you, you know. It's the most horrific thing. And it's funny because it almost seems trivial. Like you talk about it as though it's like your, your best friend or something. But it is, you know, they are and they, they're your yeah. whole life. And yeah, I, I would not, I spent a bit of time away from home after that, a few days, I think, elsewhere because I, I didn't want to, it gave me such fear driving up and down that driveway. And we buried her in a, we have like, mum and dad have big garden beds that they kind of like, you you look out from that one of the rooms of the house onto them and they look out and they kind of like look out onto the rest of mum and dad's kind of garden. So it's like they're looking over the garden and protecting the garden. Maggie was buried in there and then Molly was, we were really worried about Molly because they were sisters, they'd grown up together, they were always really, really close and they were best friends and they were never not by one another's side. If one of them was at our grandparents, the other one was there. If one of them was lying on a bed, Maggie would lie on a bed and Molly would come and sit on top of it and we were worried that she would notice something and I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if she ever did, probably because we were all like, like never left her side, you know, and never wanted her to be alone. To be honest with you, she must have realised, but they often say that animals that have a close sibling or a close animal with them all the time suffer really bad grief and really struggle. And she never did. And she was always fine. And I think that kept us going because every time that we were around her, we had to be okay because dogs can sense it. Animals can sense emotion and fear and all that. Anyway, so we kept going and we just lived life with the one doggy and then she had throat cancer. Mm. as she got older and Meg was probably eight or something when she passed away and Molly was probably 11 so it was a few years later but they were definitely a bit older yeah and Molly's got throat cancer and of course that was hard because then she was struggling to eat and she was struggling to drink and so she was losing weight and it was the physical effects that were then a lot more obvious with us and that was really hard that was really hard too And even now, when I go back to mum and dad's house, they used to sit on their beds in one corner of the of the house. And every time I walk in the door, I look at that corner and and it's fine. You know, it's been years and I smile and we have pictures of them everywhere. And they're the screensaver on my phone and everything. But it's just so hard. Oh, God, it's been so many years, but it's just so hard when like you, you know, when they're not there anymore. But every time I drive up mum and dad's driveway, the other second bed, we buried Molly in the second bed. And so every time I drive up and down mum and dad's driveway, I blow them kisses every time. Greg, the guy I was talking about with his two Great Danes, he was saying that the other Great Dane, 
who is still alive, who's called Ellie, I think. Anyway, Ellie loves the television. Oh. And, like, she, whenever there's dogs on the television, she goes behind the TV to watch to where, the dog, them, yeah. to find where the dog's gone. And he said that Ellie was with Zeus, the other dog, was with Zeus when Zeus, and they were very close too. Oh, both of them. That was called Zeus too? Yeah, His yeah. Dog was yes, called Zeus, Zeus too. too. I know. How about that? Yeah. And, yeah, so she was sitting beside Zeus when Zeus died oh. unexpectedly. So she knew. Um, dogs know. Yeah. Anyway, he had made up a montage of images of Zeus for the television and Ellie won't look at it. Oh, you're kidding. No, isn't that incredible? Oh, she wow. who loved the TV, he said he finds it really incredible that she just she won't look at the oh, TV anymore God. with the images of the dog on it. But the other thing I love is when I first got together with my partner, he had a German shepherd called Hera and he loved that dog. God, he loved that dog. And then we went overseas to England and in the process of getting established it became yeah. my partner's parents' dog. Anyway, when Hera passed away, it was around the same time that my mother-in-law was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'm not sure where we sit on this now, but she's instructed. I still think this is beautiful that when she dies, well, she, she did pass away, that her ashes and Hera's ashes were to be scattered in the Bunya Forest together, like yeah. so that they could... Still be together. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is also really lovely. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I both need to process this because while the cat's loss was really vivid for me, the Zeus loss, because Zeus has been with me since I've had children, basically. I can't – and I've had various moments in the time that I've had him where he has been my confidant. Yeah, All yeah. those things. He really is. Yeah. And I can't imagine getting another dog. Yeah. Full stop. Can't. Anyway, we've been talking about it a lot as things have gotten closer to it. And I suppose because I don't think I'm going to be able to speak about it when it happens, I wanted to have a discussion about it now for all those people because it's amazing how when you start this conversation, everyone's like, I've never forgotten Sooty or whatever they yeah, – everyone's is, got yeah. a pet yeah. that they've never forgotten that is like a family member that they've lost along the way. That yeah, yeah. There's this beautiful story that came out of palliative care. I've kept it and it's about – there was an old man who was in the very, very final stages of his life and this person was his nurse and was sitting with him and she said, I've, I see this a lot, but this particular gentleman said, can you see them? And she's like, see who? And he said, my two dogs. They're, they're one's on the end of the bed and one's next to it. And she said, no. And he said, yeah, they're, they're here. My dogs are here. She was just saying how many, the last thing they say is mm. a memory of being with their pets, like yeah. their pets in the room with them again. And she said, I hope that when I go, the yeah. last thing I see is my beloved, whatever the pet was called. Yeah, yeah. And they, oh. they are, though, they we both got a girlfriend called Mel who's got the most beautiful snappy called Indy. Oh, my goodness, she is just the best. And Mel said to me the other day, my home is where Indy is. That's home. It's not Canberra. It's not Perth. It's not Melbourne. It's not whatever. It's not necessarily where her mum and dad are or where her sister and her nieces are. It's where Indy is. And that's what it's like. It's, yeah. yeah and it's, and that's why I think as it will be for you and as it was for me, when you lose that, you don't want to be there without them anymore. It becomes yeah. really hard. 
hard. It's funny when pets come into your life and when you speak about this man in palliative care and thinking about his pets. I was in hospital a few years ago having some quite major surgery done and it was the first time I'd ever gone under full anaesthetic. So I was completely out of it and like a complete mess and I was all groggy. And, you know, there's so many funny stories of people like coming out of being under general anaesthetic and just saying the most nonsense things. And my mum and I think my dad were there or certainly my mum was there. And a couple of my girlfriends had come. I was getting surgery and I was in hospital in Sydney and a couple of my girlfriends were studying there at the time. And because it was all quite serious and full on at the time, they came to visit. And I knew that they were coming to visit, but that was kind of it. Anyway, I got into the room and all I remember is saying, there's Molly, there's Molly. And Molly was my dog and Meg had passed away a couple of years before and so, or the the year before or something. And so I kept saying, that's Molly, that's Molly. And it was a toy teddy bear that one of my girlfriends had brought along. But I was like, no, it's Molly. That's, it's Molly, my dog, Molly. Like, and, and that's all I could think about. And so it's funny how at the most random times, what you associate with your pets or what you're reminded of about your pets. And Molly was still alive. She wasn't there. She was at home. (laughs) They didn't bring her to the hospital. But that was my, straight away, that was my association was, oh, well, this little fluffy teddy bear must be Molly because she's my little fluffy teddy bear kind of thing. Yeah. It's quite funny. And, you know, even now, yeah, we, we have a bunny rabbit now and and my partner and I would like to get a dog. And for us, it's different because it's not ever replacing our family dogs. Molly and Meg were our family dogs, the same mm. as Zeus is, is, will be your family dogs. And perhaps when your kids move out, you and your husband might get another dog. But we'd quite like a dog. But, yeah, we have a bunny and... Um, I don't know what I would do without her. Like, she's not that affectionate. She is sometimes. But, you know, you don't call her name and she comes running to you. You know, she just looks <laughs> yeah. at you. She's a bunny. It's totally different. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish that she would. Like, you see dogs and you see how happy and smiley and stuff they are. And I guess it's a bit like cats. You don't say, you know, come here, come here. And they don't run over to you and lick you and jump on you like dogs do. But uh, without her, it would just be our home wouldn't be our home without her anymore. Mm. And I hate that they don't live that long. Like, I hate that animals don't live that long. And and we know a few people that have had rabbits since we've had a rabbit and they've not cared for them. And they've passed away and it's killed me. Mm. And it's made me so upset because to me, like, our rabbit is not just... They're not just a toy. They're not just a pretty thing that's got a hutch in the corner. Like she's such a big part of our family. Mm. And people might think that's crazy or people might think, oh, my goodness, like you're a crazy rabbit lady. Not at all. It's just pets mean a lot to me. And I think that they should mean a lot to a lot of people. And and I worry when, yes, you see families or you see people that you know or you see people that you don't even know treating the animals not very nicely. And I'm, I'm very lucky I don't have people in my life that do that, but... I get annoyed when I see people walking their dogs with a muzzle on. Mm. Like, and I get annoyed when people complain about dogs barking. Dogs are dogs. They bark. Mm. It's what they do. You can't scold your dog for barking because it's what they do. You know what I mean? It's like scolding a baby for crying. And so there are little things. And this is, I think, probably why my partner says, God, you, <laughs> you like pets more than people. But it really, really angers me when I see a pet not being treated as it should. Mm. So we have a cat and I'm going to just openly say the cat, I'm the least favourite person in my cat's life. There's no doubt about it. And that's so hard because you really want them to love you. <laughs> yep. But no, but I'm glad in some respects because this was my oldest son's cat and she is my oldest son. There is no one else that yeah. this cat cares for more than my oldest son. And in the morning when I come out to go to work, like she bolts down the corridor past me. 
I can't do anything to stop her. And she sits outside my older son's door and she just meows at the door. And he usually doesn't let her in because it's usually too early. But if he does, she just, she's up under the covers in bed with him. And she she just purrs and she like, she loves him. Yeah. And so that's good because I think in a lot of ways he needed that too. Yeah. To wrap this episode up, and I'll put this up when we release this episode. Tell us about your pet, the one that you've never forgotten, the one who, like with many things, it's just nice to think about them and say their name again if they're not with you anymore. Or your current pet, share a photo. God, I'd love that. Yeah, and I just want to tell a quick story on that about something that reminds me of my pets every day. We, as I've said, our dogs were Molly and Meg. And so affectionately, Molly sort of became Molly Moo or Molly Moo Moo. And so Meg became Meggy Lulu or Meggy Lou. And it was just because we had Molly Moo, it was Meggy Lou. It just kind of rhymed and it worked. And that's what we called them. Anyway, eventually Molly Moo Moo became just Moo Moo. And eventually Meggy Lulu just became Lulu. And then eventually it converted to Lula somehow. It was like Lulu to Lula and and so Meg became Lula. That was just what I used to call her and I think mum used to call her it too and and you would call her, you'd say hi Lula and she would know it was her that you were talking to and Molly was Moo Moo and you would call her Moo Moo and she would know it was her that you were talking to and it sounds funny saying it out now, like it sounds quite trivial because I'm not actually talking to the dogs, I'm just saying (laughs) the words and I now call my rabbit Rosie Lula. When I'm like cuddling her or if I say hi to her or if I'm just talking to her, I'll say hi, Lula. And it's just become like a pet name for me. It's became like a people say sweetheart or darling or whatever. Lula is like that for me because it's it reminds me of and we lost Meg very unexpectedly, very quickly, whereas it was as traumatic and as tragic with Molly, but we knew she was sick. So again, it was that sort of moment of preparation in a sense. Not that anything can prepare you, but it was whereas Meg was very sudden. So it's always that little bit that I now say when I think of the word Lula and when I call that to my pet Rosie, who's a rabbit, it just reminds me of Meg and it reminds me of Molly and it reminds me of my dogs that aren't with us anymore. And it's nice. I like that. I like that I can still, it's not replacing them. It's not, I would never call my children Molly or Meg or Rosie because no, that's my pets. Like that's my fur children, not my real children. But it's just a little thing that I always think of and it helps me remind me of my pets. I like that. Well, that on on a much less serious note I dubbed the cat who doesn't like me very much belly belly because she's his <laughs> brother portly <laughs> and my son said stop calling her such a rude name so I'm not allowed to call her belly belly anymore and I do it in secret yeah <laughs> But you know what? If you get a cat down the track, or I, I promise you, if you see an animal down the track that you think is a little bit tubby, that will come into your mind. It does as it stands. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this episode with us and do share your photos, your stories, your pet's name. We'd like to hear them too. Yes, and we'll talk to you next time. That wraps up another episode of 2040, a podcast celebrating friendship across generations. You can contact Jen or I via our 20-40 Facebook page or email 20-40 at gmail.com. We love your feedback, thoughts, questions and ideas for future podcasts. Thank you for listening.